0: Luke 18, 15 through 17 says, Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him saying, Let the children come to me and don't hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Hello, and welcome back to Think This Way. Again, I'm Pastor Bryce. I have with me, once more today, Kim Geelock. Kim, thanks for being with us again. You're welcome. We are continuing our discussion of how we help children love the gospel. Kim is the director of children's ministries here at Faith Bible Church, as well as wife of Elder Dan, and she has other hats that she wears too. But especially since she's done so much, she's raised her own children, she's worked as a teacher, and then she's been involved in helping the children hear Love the Gospel. We've just been asking questions, and I've appreciated your willingness to answer these. Last week, we talked mostly about children, different ages of children. How do we know when they're ready to hear the Gospel? And this week, we want to focus more on the how to how do we actually help children to love the Gospel? Uh, Kim, because you've both raised your own children in the discipline instruction of the Lord and you're now coming alongside other parents wanting to do the same thing at Faith Bible, I wanted to ask you this question. We spend a lot of time teaching our children to obey. Seems like a hallmark of the early years. Obey. (laughs) And we should do that for sure. But we know a child can learn to obey and really just turn out like a Pharisee, Uh, not even believing or living by the gospel. So the question for you is, what are some of the best ways for parents to be regularly teaching their children about the truths and beauties of the gospel in their day-to-day lives?
1: Well, I think probably the first, most primary thing is to be a focused, growing Christian themselves. This is really a continuation of what we've already said, (laughs) that God needs to very much be a part of the parent's life. Um, The parent doesn't need to be perfect. They're not perfect. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> but, oh, leave me, things I would do differently if I was
0: <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs>
1: back at that point again. Mm. Um, you know, the wonderful thing about our sovereign God mm. is that he is sovereign. It is ultimately he who does the work. But he does use instruments, mm. and parents are instruments. Um, and so as they are growing and loving Christ and seeing... Um, the implication of the gospel in their life, then that is going to flow naturally out of them. They're going to be modeling it to the children, and the children are going to see that. The parent represents God, and the children see that as they live with the parents. Uh, Parents want to be praying for their children and praying for wisdom and insight, for opportunities, You know, there's a fine line. You you want to be purposeful and intentional, and sometimes it's forcing it. (laughs) Sometimes it's a little awkward, and sometimes that's okay. But the heart of it, you want to be authentic, and so that takes wisdom. And so praying um, for that. Truly loving your children. You know, truly seeing yourself as having a, a wonderful responsibility that God has given, so truly enjoying children and knowing them for who they are, um, just building that foundation, that relationship, and from that, you know, speaking God's truth into their life.
0: It's almost like modeling the grace that's in the gospel to your children right. just by the way you're interacting with them. Right. even even if it's not a specific teaching time of here's what grace is here's what god's love is here's what the gospel is i i'm always surprised in doing things like counseling when you're talking to someone and they're having some struggle we're not freudian all of your problems are not from your parents i promise <laughs> but it is interesting how just the behavior of parents sometimes and almost especially people who come in and their parents were very religious sometimes a, a father was a pastor those are some of the worst cases when you have someone who had a father who was a pastor but was just a cruel man, right? just unkind, uncharitable, abuse, abuse their children, something terrible like that. It's amazing how much you have to work with someone, which you certainly can. You have to fight through this false idea of what the gospel is even, or what grace is, or who God is because of that example. So just, like you said, loving your right. children. You don't even have to do it perfect. Just love your children. That helps. Well,
1: it's it's part of making the gospel enticing.
0: Mm. So in keeping with this idea of what parents can be doing uh, throughout the week, I want to ask about Sunday mornings especially. So okay. here you are directing over the children's ministries here. We've got Sunday school hour. We've got during the service. We've got YDM. We've got Epic. Mm-hmm. Do you have any counsel on your end of things of how parents can be making the very best use of the teaching and instruction that's going on here at the church? How can they be making the best use of that?
1: Well, first, to come on over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, amen, amen, amen.
1: The desire of our children's ministry is to come alongside to help and support parents. You know, it's not our responsibility to raise the children. We don't have any thoughts in our head that that, you know, is our responsibility. But we are living in an increasingly obvious godless society. And outside of the church, there's really not support for the, the teaching and the values of Christian parents. And so just to come and build relationships with other families that are pulling in the same direction um, is really important. And then we deal with big truths here. Mm -hmm. We start with 18 months, and we have um, short, (laughs) but... We have lessons that include things like Jesus loves you, and we need Jesus. What we do is we take a very simple Bible story, um, Jesus calming the, the waves, the storm, when he was in the boat, and what we want to teach in that is not just the things that happened, but the fact that Jesus is the boss. Um, and Jesus healing people. People need Jesus. Jesus is here. Jesus loves us. These are very simple. Teachers have said to me, you know, I got so much out of that two-year-old lesson because I kept thinking, I need Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) And it's true. With our preschoolers, we go through a chronology of Scripture. So we'll do the Old Testament, we'll do the New Testament, and what we're looking for are the attributes of God that don't change. God is always involved with his creation. God is always the boss. God is always compassionate. Um, God always punishes sin. Man always messes up, and God forgives. And so as we go through the entire scripture, we see that God doesn't change. And then we have whole years. Uh, One is called um, Jesus, What a Savior. And it's for very young children. It's for primarily first, second graders. And it talks. It just takes a year to break down the specific gospel message. Hmm. We have years uh, or year curriculums on the attributes of God, on the providence of God. And then with the curriculum comes a parent note, Mm -hmm. which parents should be getting. And what this does is explain what the lesson was about, gives review questions, gives suggested application questions, Mm -hmm. which is really key because what we're also saying in all of this is we need more than head knowledge. Mm-hmm. We need application. And so if the parent can get a hold of that paper and review the lesson with the child, then you know maybe that will give them in t- some insight into where their kids' heads are in mm-hmm. terms of spiritual things.
0: Yeah, what well, we've been trying to do quite imperfectly, but you said parent, parents aren't perfect, so right. we're going to take you at your word there. That's us. But what we've been trying to do lately imperfectly is taking those little papers that they come home with in sticking it in the drawer where we keep their morning devotional Bible, and then we're trying to read that during some of the morning devotions during the week. Say, mm-hmm. hey, it's got a, always has a picture on the front. Hey, what's going on in this picture? Can you tell me about this? Let's talk about this. Yeah, I'm more impressed than I can say with the curriculum we use here. True seventy eight. Truth yes. seventy
1: eight. 78.
0: Used to be children desiring God. Right. And I remember myself uh, I used to teach first and second graders here. I remember I had been exposed to a different curriculum, which I'm sure was probably mostly fine previously, and that had been my experience of children's curriculum. I just remember one lesson from that curriculum, which was I was preparing to teach, and the lesson was uh, Abraham taking Isaac up Mount Moriah to sacrifice him. So I'm like, okay, that's (laughs) going to be an easy one, and I'm reading the curriculum And the takeaway for the children is learning to obey your parents. Oh my. (laughs) Which is not the point of that story for sure. Uh, I just was so surprised. So I didn't teach that. I changed it. But I remember. So that was my background. And then getting into children desiring God. Yes. And we were teaching the ABCs of God, so his attributes, Mm -hmm. every week, putting one up on the wall. And I was absolutely blown away. Not just that we were doing the attributes of God, but the way the curriculum had had me teaching it. Like you said, I came away very encouraged myself. Even if no kids had been there, I'd have loved it. So certainly something to back up Kim's point, you, if you got kids, you should bring them. I know that's hard to do, but you should just, we've (laughs) got four, five and under. And so Kim many times meets us in the hallway five minutes after we're supposed to be there and is so gracious. Thank you, Kim. We're working on that. We are working on that, but but we Glad should,
1: you're there whenever you get there.
0: That's what you say. So we're very grateful and working on being on time, but just to be there is good. Uh, Kim, another question here. You know, Jesus made really clear that anyone who wants to come to him has to have something of a childlikeness. That was in the passage we read at the beginning in Luke 18. Right. You have to have some kind of childlikeness. So there's something advantageous there. But on the other hand... Uh, children do have limitations in what they're able to understand, vocabulary, experience, and so forth. So how can we present the gospel to children in a way that they're really going to understand it?
1: Um, I think you just use examples that are part of their life. So, you know, you're thinking about the basic outline that you've talked about before of the gospel, the first one being, you know, who God is. God is the creator. So, When a child, you know, when you make a picture, this is your picture, who decides what to do with it? Well, you do. If you don't like it, you can throw it away. If you want to give it to someone, you can give it to them. If you want to put it in your room, you put it in your room. It's your picture. You're in charge. Well, we're God's. God made us. He's in charge. And because he's in charge, he tells us what to do. Oh, you don't always do what you're supposed to do. (laughs) Hmm. Does God need to do something about that? You know, does wrong, does sin need to be punished? If someone hurts you on purpose, should they get in trouble for that? Yes. Really? Is that okay? Yes. Because God is just. That's what God has said. That is, you know, God punishes wrong. And so you just bring it down to their terms.
0: I need to write some of these things down. (laughs) That's very good, actually. It is amazing how some of those concepts are just latent in very young children. I mean, you want to talk about justice, our children (laughs) understand justice when they've been wronged. (laughs) Aren't you going to spank him because he did that? That's right. (laughs) And the idea of ownership and the idea of creating, the idea of God... That's very good. Well, Kim, we're really appreciative that you take time to do this, to talk with us about how to help children love the gospel. As we close up here, I just want to know if you have any other closing comments, advice that you would give on this subject.
1: Well, I think the verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. I think that's very helpful in parenting. Ultimately, you know, it is God's work. And he knows that we have feet of clay. um, And he is gracious. And he is stronger than our hearts. He's stronger than our children's hearts. We need to trust him. um, And we need to follow and love him and obey him.
0: You know, someone in the past listening to this podcast could possibly have thought it was relatively unimportant to help children love the gospel. Maybe they thought, like the disciples, don't bother Jesus with these little messy, dirty children coming in here. Or they may have thought that it was too difficult for them to have any part in that process because kids are young and don't really understand my big words and so forth. We may have thought those things in the past, but by God's grace, may he help us now to think this way.